Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant O'Connor, yeah, and, and and anonymous Facebook user. <laughs> yeah, we've got anonymous Facebook user on the show finally. Uh, no, it's it, Th- Thomas Daniel Queters joined the show to talk about his his organizations and maybe a few other topics as well. So really excited to have him here today. Um, and yeah, that's we're, we're going to jump into the show pretty quickly, folks. But you know, just you know how it goes. We do the intro, we jump into the show in just a minute. Um, and of course, if you're listening out there and you're like, "Man, why the heck are they doing this on a Saturday afternoon?" It's because I'm going to be in Denver next week. Uh, so we're recording a bit early, and you know, also it's fun to be able to do this on a Saturday occasionally. You got, you know, Mr. Queen here, in Denver, Denver, Colorado. That's where I'm going to be. Marijuana smoke. Colorado is one of the first states to pass the right to repair. Oh, is it? Oh, cool. I mean, it, yeah. it's uh, USPIRG.org was uh, the one. Pushing. Oh, that, that's great. I mean, th- there's some good things about Colorado. I-, I know, I know, some people have mixed feelings about like Jared Polis and stuff. I, I kind of like him mostly for a Democrat, but you know, uh, Kevin, I'll even, I'll give him that. Like for a Democrat, the dude's okay. Like he's okay. It's just he's also not okay. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> hey, like it's, we're we're comparing to like compared to the rest of the yeah, party, like right? A low it's bar. This guy, good. this guy surpasses the incredibly low bar that we have available. Like, do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. He, he's he's on par with Ron DeSantis. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I want to go there, but man, like total lack of poker face. <laughs> you just like your your emotions Finally, are like right, right on your face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, hey, Shelly, thanks for joining us. Uh, listen, we're we're gonna jump in and in, in just in just a minute. The topic of the show is not Jared Polis. Uh, it's it's much cooler stuff than everyday politics. So, uh, yeah, we're going to jump in in about 10 seconds. Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right. Us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wojciechowski today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Barrier. I'm definitely here. I'm all in. Yes, and we also have a guest today. We have have Thomas Daniel Queter. Uh, and he's here to talk about some of the amazing work that he's doing to help people uh, get access to mobility. He's, he's here to, to 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 talk about his organizations and what he's doing because he's doing some cool stuff. So, so Mr. Queter, would you mind introducing yourself, your organizations, and what your goal is? I want to I want to uh, like misrepresent it. Go ahead. Thank you for having me. Um... To clarify, one of the organizations is one that I founded. The other one is one that I volunteer for and has helped me out personally in the past. Um, the Mobility Independence Foundation was formed to pursue the creation of open source designs for accessible technology. Our, our first main project is, of course, a versatile and modular power wheelchair. 
Um, you all might be familiar with the situation that I went through. Um, I had a great wheelchair. I needed a new one because it was old and beyond repair. And um, I fought two years worth of systemic battles to get approval uh, just about one month after they stopped producing them. So, uh, again, if you're familiar with me, you probably know that the solution was crowdfunded volunteerism. Some libertarians that live near me, friends of mine, uh, convinced me to crowdfund it, and we did. Um, that began kind of a strange snowball. Um, so now I've got this great wheelchair, but it's a machine, and any machine needs repairs. So I ran into situations needing repair. And as it turns out, I had already befriended the people who were capable of doing that. The folks who are capable of making the, the repairs themselves? Yeah. Yes. Um, they're, they're regular people. And this is a key thing, right? Um, if you're working in a factory, manufacturing equipment, or in the case of Matt Lacey, our vice president, the, the personal hero of mine that has kept me moving since that first breakdown, um, he works at a 90-acre facility that produces locomotives. And it's his job to maintain all of the equipment they use to produce those locomotives. That means he's got a very wide and varied skill set. There are an awful lot of people in this world like that. Um, we like to think of them as handy or capable. Right. Or, um, they might be auto just, mechanics. They might work. The folks are able to like just like intuitively understand like mechanical yeah. stuff and like jump in and solve so, problems. solar panel installers, guys that yeah. you know do these big huge solar farms that that reflect back <laughs> energy into the grid. Yeah, just just genius like system. Those, those folks, guys like that. You know what I mean? That, Thank you. I, I appreciate I do your ego. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, interestingly. Um, the designs we're chasing will also be more See? green. Um, so, you know, Matt kept me going, and we, we worked on the wheelchairs a few times. Wheelchairs, plural, because uh, I quickly went from having just the one crowdfunded working wheelchair to having four working wheelchairs of the kind I need. Um, I recently gave one away. We'll talk about yeah. that in a few minutes. Um and in the process of, well, basically, it's my job to break wheelchairs now. I, I use them. I do things. Tim's seen me. I don't really stop. I will I will try just about anything. Cause yeah, hey, can I, you get can there, I jump I'm in for drop. a second? Um, I have a lot of experience hanging out sure. with Mr. Queter. We uh, co-ran co for New York State Senate in neighboring districts. And I will say I got some things to say about your wheelchair because – when people are thinking of wheelchairs, they're thinking of this standard kind of frail kind of two-wheeled operation that people are pushing with their hands. Your wheelchair is like a freaking tank, right? I mean, it is A, solid, B, durable, C, can go anywhere, and D, fits your personality, brother. Like, that's the reality. I, and E is simple yeah, and repairable. That, yeah. that's, that's key. Um, so I keep breaking things and then we get together and we make them better. Um, that's everything from the joystick to the battery system. Uh, I've even broken the frame in half. The thing still drove into the house after breaking the frame in half. Um, this 
is called an Omega track. And this is the first time I actually get to say that out loud in public representing the organization. Reason we didn't talk about it being an Omega track was because we wanted to harvest some of the IP associated with it. Uh, one of that would be the um, differential drive transmission. This is a wheelchair with a differential drive transmission. Do you know what that means? Uh, I'm sure we, we totally do, but maybe explain it to our audience. No, I totally <laughs> know what it means, but if you want to explain um, it to me like I'm five, Tom, that I would appreciate that. Okay. Have you ever tried to drive something that's not very powerful at an angle up a hill and it tries to straighten out and go yeah. straight up the hill? Right. This won't try to straighten up. This will go wherever I tell it to All go. Right. That's very um, handy and convenient. Um, uh, another thing you could uh, use to illustrate it is that when you jack it up for repairs, if you hit the joystick directly to one side, you're only engaging the steer motor, not the drive motor. Both are, are uh, pumping their power through that transmission. Um, but one motor supplying power to one transmission and the wheels go in opposite directions. That gives you a tighter turning rate. Right, so you're, you're able to. That makes it very maneuverable. It's able to control a lot more. So, so you're not just trying to turn, then move, turn, then move. It's Right. The, the advantage of the differential drive transmission is I can quite easily navigate my, my kitchen and make the food that I make. I know you guys follow me on Facebook. You probably see, you know, the food porn that I put out. Um, everything from smoked ribs to homemade liverwurst. Looks good. And that's that's necessary, right? But my lifestyle is rural. Tim's seen my home. We've got 52 acres out back. I want to be able to go on that 52 acres. That's up washed out trails, through the woods, across fields, and I can. So it's a wheelchair that can do both. We've all seen wheelchairs in commercials that can go navigating through the woods or up a trail. Um, and we've all seen wheelchairs that can go through the home. It's very rare to find one that tries to combine both. Um, in fact, in New York, when I went through that approval process that I spoke of a little bit ago, I discovered that the ability to get over the threshold of your door to go down the ramp and leave your home is not a justification for a better wheelchair. So, like, if you can't like exit your home in like a simple manner, that the New York State's like, ah, whatever. Like, this sounds like your problem. That's. Yeah, apparently they think house parties yeah, right. don't happen. Wow. You might need to leave your house quickly sometimes. That's um, Now the Omega track will drive through a wall. So, so question is, have you tried it yet? You know, it's. So I, I have actually, I didn't actually go all the way through the wall because it was an accident, but I did break one of the two by four oh, studs. No. Um, and when I was in college, I may or may not have had too much to drink. And knocked one of those big steel fire doors yeah. out of the block wall in the dormitory. I just can I add something like for my <laughs> redneck buddies out there that operate equipment. Tom Tom's wheelchair operates like a skid steer, right? You can kind of push in one direction and have the track go in the other direction and spin in a circle. Is that correct? Because close enough gives kind a of. sense of what we're talking close. about. Very close. So back to this being the Omega track. Um, Mind you, we're chasing open source mm -hmm. designs. We're not looking to be a global manufacturer that reaps all the money and controls the market and monopolizes through the government. 
which is what happens. Uh, a lot of people are unaware, but the medical equipment industry actually has more power over our government than the pharmaceutical company ever did. Right. And, then, and so it's just, yep. just all these uh, medical equipment companies being like patenting absolutely every little component of these things. So you can't buy uh, pieces or even if you can buy, you have to buy it through them. And it's, it's expensive and probably through their repair shops. And would, would, would yeah, let me that. ask you this. Wouldn't that incentivize them to put the uh, most profitable piece of equipment for them into the hands of people who may or may not benefit from that specific piece of equipment. Don't we, don't we have a real situation with regulatory capture that we're facing here? Yes. So I, I can actually kind of uh, go yeah. into that a little bit. I remember I told you it's my job to break wheelchairs and I told you we had broken or I had broken the joystick. Uh, it's actually a gimbal. It's uh, the part below the part that you move to make the chair move. Um, it's a one eighth inch by two inch piece of copper wrapped in a resistor wire that a pin runs over. And when you move the joystick, that pin moves. And that's how the chair knows what direction you're trying to go in. Uh, and there's two side and front and between those two axes, it knows whether or not it needs to go straight forward, straight to one side or somewhere in between. Um, we identified what was wrong with it. We figured it out. We figured out that that joystick gimbal was no longer manufactured, not available on the market. We couldn't even find a used one to harvest apart from. And so we went straight to the company. We went straight to the company and we didn't ask them for a new part. We didn't ask them for their designs. We actually just asked them for enough information about that joystick gimbal to find an off the shelf replacement right. part. And I got a nice little email telling me to throw my $65,000 otherwise perfectly willing or otherwise perfectly working wheelchair. Of course. Away. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're probably like, oh, well, go to New York State and ask for a new one. And then I don't know what, in a, a year or so, maybe you'll get, I, I don't know how long it takes, but I, I'd imagine it's. Uh, between two months and wow. two years. It takes between two months and two years, depends on, depending on how much customization you need. Um. Now, here's the thing. $65,000 chair. That sure. right there is insane to begin with. Um, what kind of car would you get for $65,000? A Hellcat, a Dodge Hellcat ago? with 700 horsepower. I'm just saying that I had my eye on one a few years back. And that's what you would get for about $65,000. Honestly, it's getting pretty close to the cost well, of the at, house. That, <laughs> at that time, that's what uh, New York State would pay on a wheelchair if you got it ju justified. Now they've capped it down to $19,000. Um, the, the maximum that services or, or uh, healthcare in New York will pay for a wheelchair, last I checked, was $19,000. Now, you were talking about that Hellcat car. Sorry, I'm not a car guy. But what if the government had capped that car at nineteen thousand dollars, as opposed to sixty-five, what would the manufacturer zero do to that car? That. <laughs> um, <laughs> correct. That's what happened. You make a track, uh, but if they did decide to keep the line and the name and the branding, they would going, change would it they to a to piece it? of garbage with nothing but problems. Right, like that's what they would do. That's how it works, and guys. We we talk about economics on the show all the time. That's a reality. Price controls turn things into garbage. That's yeah. 
and now we have the situation where we're paying between two and nineteen thousand dollars for a power wheelchair and um our insurance companies are only required to repair them until they're five years old and i have been in the situation where instead of paying for a 100 dollars repair the insurance company says you got to get a new chair right even if everything else on it's just it's fine it's just right now what would make that make sense to an insurance company that's a good one. I mean, the only thing the only thing I think it was like liability is they're like, oh, well, like maybe something else is a problem. So like we don't want to deal with it and say it was repaired. That's that's the only thing I can guess. So there's a comp. There's not really a whole lot of liability because the minute you're disabled, you're worth less in the eyes of the court. Um, investment. Big companies invest in other okay. big companies. Right. So if you're invested in a throwaway product and you're charged with covering the cost of that product, that makes more sense, doesn't it? Long term, yeah. Fair yeah. Enough. yeah. That oh, is that is that like a thing that actually happens? It does seem to be that way. Yes, um, many equipment manufacturers are owned by parent companies, and you might think they're competing brands, and they're really not. Hmm. Um, but we're, we're kind of getting off the right. subject here. Uh, so our goal is open source designs. And we knew of some technology that wasn't being used that we wanted to use. And that's why we haven't used the word Omega track. Uh, the Omega track was created by a family whose son was a quadriplegic. They also happened to be aeronautics engineers for the Air Force. It's almost like that might lend itself to good design. Yeah. Um, so we've run into this situation where we want to harvest the intellectual property, the patent of the transmission. And I couldn't get an IP lawyer to talk to me because it's not a moneymaker for them or anybody. Um, now, what I did end up finding, though, was one Devin Hamilton. Uh, Devin Hamilton has CP. He lives in Webster near Rochester. Mm -hmm. And he has a business called Rapadapt. You can actually go to rapadapt.com if you like. That's his business. Um, he is a RIT graduate, uh, mechanical engineering, I believe. He has already engineered and patented his own wheelchair. The wheelchair he uses in the shop is custom built for him, by him. Uh, it's pretty amazing. He even custom built a uh, accessible CNC machine. A what? Huh. I'm sorry. Say say that again, bud. Instead of accessible CNC machine. Do you know what no. a CNC machine does? It's kind of a programmable metal carver. I, I'm not a technical guy, but it's one of those machines where you can cut out a gear or right. cut out whatever design it is you want to make. Oh, yeah, no, my ears weren't working. You said a programmable CNC machine, like a CNC lathe? Okay, all right, yeah. I got you. That, that Yes. You can cut any shape metal with it. Like, yes. it's it's wild. It, it They're literally wild machines. So you can custom make all sorts of stuff with them. It is actually an amazing machine. Now, he has a regular CNC machine because he has a business and partners, but he also has one specifically for him that he designed. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's pretty cool. Now, 
um, a friend of a friend sent me a link to his business and I was interested and I gave him a call and I asked him if he knew anything about the Omega track. And he says, yeah, I've got two I'm trying to repair. Apparently he had an Omega track and he also loves the Omega track. And if you run into anybody who's ever had one, um, they want one again. Because right. it gives you a certain level of freedom and confidence and ability um, and, a, and a lack of dependence on everyone around you who's in today's world likely also struggling. So we got talking and he has an IP team. And we held a meeting with his IP team and they helped me decipher that that particular patent is in the public right. domain. So, so you know what that means? means free game for you to make, right? <laughs> yes. And nobody can, can harvest it and make sure we can't make yeah. it either. Um, originally, we were going to harvest it to release it open mm. source. But now um, it'll never be open source unless someone actually reverse engineers it and recreates the design with a manual on how to manufacture mm. it. Well, that's what that's that what doing. doing. Oh, that's cool. So, so doing that, anyone will be able to find ways to be able to produce these parts, which means that that small repair for your very expensive machine will be able to be fixed inexpensively. That's yes. great. Potentially even voluntarily. Yeah. yeah. I think in the next segment, Tom, we're going to go into a couple things that I find um, important about you. Kevin, how are we doing on time? I know they haven't been. We have about thirty right. seconds, so so that's that's actually that's that's pretty good. So we, we do need to wrap up this segment here. Uh, thanks again for joining us here on a free solution. We're joined by Thomas Daniel Queter, um, and, and we're talking about you know, a bunch of stuff, about IP law. We're talking about uh, mobility and, and the work that that doing. So we're going to be back here on a free solution in a few minutes. couple little queeter anecdotes that like for to lead off the next uh segment you know like put you right on the spot make you feel uncomfortable tom you know what i mean i'm just gonna kind of hammer them out there uh, i'm gonna tell you why i'm gonna tell everybody why uh you are specifically interesting to what i would call the libertarian movement this volunteerism society and you were touching on it right before you know what i mean like this this issue of why you hate the government almost as much as I do, or perhaps more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you free? Well, I mean, did, did the, the government, government ever lose your legs? See, no, yet? the government hasn't lost my legs yet, but I could see them doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to kind of brush on that stuff. I got to run to the fridge. I'll be right back, fellas. I do need to make sure that I plug Liberty Memes and the fundraiser we're doing. For oh, that. yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah, we'll make sure we get to that before the end. So that that's right. The you wanted to share. I'm gonna make sure I share the uh, share the website for the Mobility uh, Independence Foundation, and I'm gonna make sure I share the link to the Liberty Memes fundraiser too. I'll have it queued up. Uh, yeah, um, the Mobility Independence Foundation, the Myth.org. We're Myth. Miffed. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, LibertyMemesFoundation.org. Got that.
uh, the, the conversations when we're working on designs or concepts together get get pretty amazing because we get very critical of the technology we're looking at. All right. Well, gentlemen, ready to go back in in a few minutes or a few minutes, a few seconds. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson here today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant O'Connor, and Thomas Daniel Queter, talking about the Mobility Independence Foundation and yeah. just a you know, policy around that stuff, too. But, Tim, you, you wanted to jump yeah, in with no, a few so look, things I, here. Like I said, I got to spend a reasonable amount of time with Tom back in the day when we were both in the middle of the COVID lockdowns, and we had this unique opportunity that a guy like Larry Sharp did some work for where we had ballot access and we thought maybe we were going to change the world and we're both running as libertarians. And and so look guys, Thomas Daniel Queter has spent his life in a wheelchair. Um, He's an incredibly brave soul. And I have anecdotes about that, but that's not what this piece is going to be about. All right. This guy, I'm going to ask him to comment on, I think you hate the government almost as much as I do, maybe even more. And I think that the people that are listening, the people that are going to check this out on Spotify and the people that are checking it out on Twitter right now would love to hear more about your disdain for the systems that that just seem to fail when it comes, like they have opportunities to help people out that are in trying situations like yourself. And they have opportunities to help them out always they seem to come up short so do you mind going down that road with us well i want to remind you that with an anecdote because we were talking about devin hamilton um the board of the mobility independence foundation had a road trip a few weeks ago and and we went to devin's shop rapadapt.com is his business um and afterwards we had a barbecue at jim dayton's house you know jim and I had invited a couple of uh, Rochester Institute of Technology students because they wanted to meet Devin also with disabilities. And there was this point where we're, we're all four of us sitting around joking about how we have to prove we're disabled. Um, in my case, it's usually about 16 times a year that the government spends money to make sure that my genetic disorder that I was born with that can't go into remission oh, still exists. Oh, guys. It's got to be sure. Yeah. Maybe something changed. <laughs> I, I mean, they, they spent like six months at one point a couple of years ago making sure that it affected me between the ages of 18 and 21. The, the compassion. I can feel the compassion. I don't know if they thought that Jesus came down and laid hands on me and I was cured for a few years, but then he changed his mind. No. You know, I don't know. Um <laughs> But when you think about it, right, we have these massive bureaucratic systems that cost a lot of money. And we have all these legislators and they want to determine whether or not you're disabled or have this health issue or that health issue. And, you know, in reality, you and your doctor should simple, be doing right? that. There's, the that the government sense. does some weird things when, it go, when we go down this road, right? This, this. it's like a make work program for people that they've hired who some of them are really good and mean really well, but some of them are simply incompetent box checkers who, who 
are there for a paycheck. And and our friend Shelly in the chat was bringing up this notion that now there's this hiring freeze and, and we're stuck in this situation because the government forces us to stay stuck. But a guy like you was taking that on. They're taking you're taking that bull on by by the horns. You're just grabbing a hold of it and challenging it. If I can, in terms of social workers, in my experience, most of them get into it for yeah, the right reason. Yeah. They want to help people. Um, and then what happens is they've been on the job for a couple of years and they suddenly realize, I'm not really allowed I, to I help people. I was a social worker. <laughs> I was a CPS worker. I'm like, and I'm not helping anyone. I'm, I'm, this is insane. It was brutal. It was brutal. And that's how you end up with people who are there for the paycheck, right? Because everybody has bills and kids and you know, their dog to feed or whoever and whatever. But we all have responsibilities and you right. have a job. It's kind of hard to leave. It, sure. Especially with state benefits. It's those. Um, so social workers are actually near and dear to my heart. Um, they have one of the highest rollover rates, again, because of the nature of the job. They have one of the highest uh, psychosis and suicide rates because, again, the nature of the job. Right. And, and what is the nature of the job of a social worker? Um they come and they get to know you. They befriend you. They understand what you need. They go file the paperwork, and they also have to come back and say, "Sorry, I know you're in need. I know you're suffering. I know you're in a lot of pain." It's amazing. We're not allowed. It's amazing. Yeah. I went through it as a CPS worker. It broke my brain for a little while, right? Like, luckily, I had options, and I was like a guy that just has had too much energy back then. I would work. My social work job, I would bartend. I would take side jobs painting houses. It was crazy. Um, I was crazy. But this is a painful reality, right? Like, they they feel like they are helping. They realize they're not. Then what are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? You know, probably the same thing we all end up in the situation of doing. Whatever brings home the paycheck and puts food on the table. Um, and it's, it's disheartening and it's sad because, I mean, these are some of the best people in the world who get into it to do the right thing. And here we are yeah. wasting them. My, my daughter too, wants to go into know. social work. I'm concerned for um, them, Tom, to be honest with you. To, she's going to – and, of course, my jaded perspective, I've offered her lots of takes on, are you sure, honey? Is that really what you want to do? But she's going to. She's And hopefully she can make a difference in her life and in numerous people's lives. I'm sure that's the goal, right? So I, I actually have a, a loose statewide network of social workers who contact me when they really want to oh, help awesome. someone and can't. Tell, tell us more about that. And and they, they want to know, yeah. you know what kind of concept or idea, what can I propose to this person as a whisper right. so I don't lose my job? And, um, you know, I, I converse with them and, you know, I make sure they know that they're taking risks if they're going to do something like that. Because I found out through one of my own social workers that uh, – Often they're required to not compete with Medicare or Medicaid. Mm. So if you need, and this is an incident that actually happened, she's no longer a, a social worker anymore. She she quit over everything yeah, we're talking monopoly. about. Monopoly. Um, she was trying to help an elderly gentleman who was in the hospice get a new hospital bed because when he had broke, and uh, you know, it was denied pre-COVID, and of course it was denied during COVID. And, you know, the supply chain was screwed up and there was like no hope of getting this this 80 something year old guy who's in a lot of pain, a place to sleep comfortably as he dies. 
Um, and she went out and above and beyond and found four brand new sealed and packaged uh, hospital beds that could be donated, you know, his pick. And the company she, she worked for actually told her that she couldn't. Wow. She wasn't allowed to. Did they give right. a reason? Like, why would that be a thing? Why would that be a thing, Tom? The reason is, well, I mean, when you sign, you know, the paperwork for having a job, right? Uh, it turns out in the paperwork in her case, uh, she's not allowed. Oh, to my God. It's a monopoly on insurance. And it's a ridiculous situation where right. volunteerism right. is is actually interfered with by by well-intentioned government regulations. Is that a fair summary? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it's fair to say though that um, at least the narrative around them is that they're well intentioned. Uh, if you know anything about lobbying, well, no like, like from like an average like voter point of view, like when we're asking our politicians to create policy, like this all seems like well intentioned. Like, hey, we're we're just trying to help people, right? Like, and then once you get into the weeds of what actually happens with stuff like this, where like, oh well, they have to go through this Medicaid system, so we we can't like give this person a bed so that he can be comfortable in his final, like what, how on earth do you divorce humanity so much from this situation and give into like bureaucratic nonsense? That's like, we end up here, right? Starts out well-intentioned. You end up in bureaucratic nonsense. The, the number one thing that tends to make people realize that there's something wrong with the bureaucratic system is when you point out that we are paying social workers to sit on hold with people at Medicaid that we pay to put people on. Say, say that again. Say, I think that needs to be emphasized. The... We are paying social workers and, and other government workers to sit on hold with people at Medicaid that we pay to put people on <laughs> the, hold. The circular you know. logic of government, bro. Like let's, Yes, thank I you. No expert, but it feels like there there might be a better way to do this. I, it I just feels, <laughs> just feels like it, like it's not that obvious, right? Like, holy cow, man! We so you know we, we've hit on volunteerism a couple of times. Um, my wheelchair was crowdfunded in 2019. That that kind of set me on my path that I'm on today. And you know we need to talk about libertymemes.org. Um, friend of mine, David Gang. I, I wish I had thought to bring him on today. I probably should have. That's my mistake. Apologies, David, but I'm about to give you a lot of credit, so take it. Um, he is an amazing guy. Um, before he was a nonprofit foundation, I, I believe he had raised somewhere around six million dollars of individual causes. Get out of here. LibertyMeans.org yeah. raised over six. With million million dollars before they oh were a non-profit organization they did that with Just memes on i Facebook. post memes i post memes <laughs> that's awesome dude. yeah but i know i've seen that like if you follow the liberty memes page they, they still got the memes and then they're also like you know funding you know vans you know things like that they're they're, they're doing cool stuff and you no know, uh They've been doing a bunch of causes too, but I think that's that's been the, their big focus recently is mostly the, the van crowdfunding. Well, um, when I ended up in a situation of needing a van, I happened to be in an event in yep. Syracuse. I think Tim was there. Um, and so was David. And 
friend of mine, Spike Spike's Cohen. Great, man, he's great. Over, he, you know, he's he came great. out big for you. We should talk about your race at, in the next segment a little bit, but please, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'm Caucasian. Okay. So. Um, All right, I get you. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, well played. So, well played. Liberty Memes Foundation, before they were a foundation, actually crowdfunded my accessible van in 24 hours. 23, actually, if you don't count the overage that ended up going that. into the That was wild. I drove one of your wheelchair vans, dude, and it was pretty awesome. Like, the setup was perfect for you. Um, it, yeah, as a, it was, as a passenger. And, and look, it, it, it left you in charge of your destiny, which I thought was pretty awesome. The, the hardest part I think was finding drivers all the time when you need them, but that setup was, was ideal, but like, that's not government issued. You kind of designed that you kind of came up with the program, correct? That what, what you needed and Liberty memes kind of just aided right would is that fair so well i was already familiar with what i needed and accessible yeah, yeah, because i've been doing this mm-hmm. while uh, <laughs> and uh, i also understand the market when it comes to accessible bands um camper bands that have been um, redone into accessible bands by adding a lift well there, there's two things about that they're no right. longer set up for camping and they're a big, they're a big van, and people with disabilities have budgets, and they're they're kind of gas guzzlers. I mean, we still get fifteen to eighteen mpg, which is horrible. Big but fan it's also of not gas a, guzzling vehicles, uh, man. That, when they're serving a human being, making the world better, like uh, I'm not sure we'll be able to do it with electric, right? Like electric may not be able to carry that weight that far. I don't know. I, it's I hope, coming, I Jim. It's coming. Right. I know there's like this big volcano um, that opened up these monster lithium deposits, but I digress. This show is about you, right? Like, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, so with that van, I have been nice. to Lake Tahoe and back. I have been to Florida and back three times. I've been all over New York State and Pennsylvania. Um, and that's what's facilitated my ability to found the Mobility Independence Foundation um, and to do things like partner with Liberty Memes to help Devin Hamilton get an accessible van. Um, his is not accessible. Uh, when we went out there and met him, um, his friend had a pickup truck with a wooden pallet strapped down to the bed and a wheelchair lift on the pallet. And uh, they would lift Devin into the passenger seat and then load the wheelchair on the back of the pickup truck. Um, and in my discussions with Devin, I know that he has actually been injured in that process, yeah. right? Being lifted and put somewhere by someone else. I don't care if you're able-bodied or not. That's not a comfortable situation, and it's not yeah. ideal to prevent injury. I, I'm pretty sure that someone has probably dropped Tim along the head. way throughout That's, his my life. My mom brags about um, it. She's like, this This is why the you are the right? way you are. <laughs> and she's like, she says she's yeah. sorry. Uh, I feel pretty comfortable where I'm at, so I don't know. You know, like I don't know. <laughs> All right, yo. But uh, unfortunately, I have to I have to cut you off now. We have to head to our second break. We got one more segment. Thanks again for joining us here on a free solution on WYSL. We're gonna be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon.
it's all the political t- uh, training. I can, uh, I can talk yeah. forever. James Dayton out there. Jimmy Dean. Jimmy. Thanks for joining us. So, and he says uh, three three awesome hooligans yeah. right here. If, if you're listening on the podcast and you can't see what we posted. Oh, yeah. uh, and I, and I want to get to this comment, too, from Sam. He said, when my dad had cancer, it was tough to find him a hospital bed and wheelchair. He had a month to live, and they were telling us three to five months to get a bed. Monopoly service. They, they yeah. do. They do. And look, tax, taxation, Tom. We did a great couple shows about taxation and how the high levels of taxation actually interfere with volunteerism and and. Everything from sales tax to property tax, it impacts my ability to help a guy like you. But when we go back to the show, I'm going to I have an offer and a pledge that I'm going to make to you pick either Liberty memes or your open source kind of deal. And uh, we'll go from there. It's not going to be huge. Don't get too excited. But it's something. It's something. Yeah. Everything all right. counts, Tim. Everything counts. And in both cases, in both cases, if you itemize Are they really? their tax, deductible. well, let me let me take another look at my right. bank balance. No, I'm just kidding. I I, I already have the amount set. <laughs> All right, no, but uh, we are both 501c3s, and so anybody that uh, donates goods or uh, cash can That's write fantastic. that off their income. We down. we should mention that on the um, actual official radio show, yep. I guess, right? Yeah, we'll mention it on a radio show. And but before we do the radio show, I'll make sure that you have the opportunity to like say the website and and promote the Liberty Memes uh, Foundation website too. So both of those, I've shared the links to those. If you're listening online or just jumping in or just in the podcast, I've shared the link to those in the comments. But um, LibertyMemesFoundation.org and uh, the Myth the mif.org for the mobility independence foundation and again we'll share those on the radio too but podcast audience if you want to get to those check them out um all right let's go back in just a few seconds folks and do the last radio segment of the show um and if we want to keep going we can too but the radio segment gotta do that I'm good till three, so, you know, you got me as long as you want. All right. We'll go back in five. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Marion O'Connor, and Thomas Daniel Queter. And uh, where were we? What were we talking about? (laughs) We, we said, well, of course, uh, if you're listening on the radio show, we went to break. We talked for a minute there. But um, so if you're not, if you're listening on WISL, make sure you catch the podcast. We're, we're probably going to talk a bit afterwards, too. But uh, I think we we're talking about uh, Liberty Beams Foundation. We we're talking about some of the, the, the wheelchair van stuff that they were doing, uh, including doing a van for um, the guy at Rapidapt. The, the De- sorry, Devin? Devin Hamilton, right? Devin, right. Devin, Devin Hamilton. The name, sound, County, Tom, Tim. the name sounded so familiar. I feel like I probably met him at one point or another, and I'm looking forward to reconnecting or officially meeting him in the future. I think that that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, and then WYSL listeners, again, so, is, is he's based up in Webster, so he's, he's right around us up here. So. so we were talking about mobility and the Mobility Independence Foundation and Liberty Memes Foundation.org. Um, we're both in the business of providing mobility yes. to those with disabilities. 
ours ours is accessible equipment like wheelchairs uh, we're working one of the rit students i mentioned earlier already has their own open source power assist for manual chair nice i got tom i got um, an anecdote for you and you tell me what you think all right there was a guy near me that experienced this this disability it was for him it was relatively temporary but what he did was he he was stuck in um a wheelchair for a few months and he took one of those electric bikes and kind of attached it to the back of it and so this dude was zipping up and down the road going about 30 miles an hour little bit terrifying for me but what do you what do you think like he, he was kind of a genius there and is that the kind of thing you and Devin are working on uh that's actually the kind of thing that all right cool um they're working with an ebook e-bike company to do this um they helped them with their testing they helped them with their design they helped them with their um instead of having to troubleshoot problems but knowing the problems that are going to come um now the interesting thing about the mobility independence foundation the myth.org one f um and the liberty memes foundation.org as like I said, we're both in the business of providing better mobility to people in need. Um, the Liberty Memes Foundation, I believe I was like the third or fourth accessible band that they crowdfunded. And now they've done dozens. And, and there's a list of, uh, there's always a constant list of 20 or 40 people waiting to be right. the next fundraiser promoted, right? Um, and we typically have a few on the website at a time, but uh, through our social media channels, we try to focus on one at a time, get it done, move on, get it done, move on. Um, we are the kind of people who like to get the job done. So to that point, um, what Devin does is consult individualized solutions for those with disabilities. Uh, that could be a wheelchair repair. That could be a home modification. Um, it goes to where they live with them talks to them, sees the problem, and works it out. Um, he needs, needs a vehicle. A vehicle. And if you go to libertymemes.org and you scroll down, you will see a fundraiser. I, I personally put in the first $10. If I had more money, I'd have, I'd have funded the whole thing. Um, but this is a situation... I hate to compare it to like myself, but I guess that's what other people would do. Um, I gotta, I'm going to ask you, Tim. I'm going to ask you. Um, if you had $10 to donate and you had the choice of donating to someone in need or someone in need who's going to go on to help other people, well, which one uh, would you choose? All right. So I, this actually is going to – this that, that was a great segue because here's the reality. I have $100 today that I plan on donating – I, and what I'm going to ask for from the crowd is kind of like a matching thing. Like you guys make a donation. I'm giving a total of a hundred bucks today. I'll match the next, whatever up to a hundred today, but the onus is on you to tell me which way to go, but do it. Like, what do you say? Is Devin, I, I feel as though Devin perhaps is both. In my opinion, Devin's the one that needs the money right now. The Mobility Independence Foundation has been very fortunate. Um, we got to slash our budget through volunteerism. 
Uh, we got a guy with 30 years experience in electronics designing our motor controller. We have a guy with a robotics degree who self-contracts doing our HID, which is the, right. you might call it a joystick in a wheelchair. Um, we've got Devin doing the transmission, and we're going to utilize his business going forward. Um, our resources have not had to be money nearly as much as we thought. It's amazing how much I'm going to I'm going to quote James back. He's the guy in Georgia. Uh, we are a remote company, by the way. All of this is coordinated remotely. That's mostly my job. Um, he's co-owner of a business that's that's pretty big in their sector. Uh, it's actually called Really Killer Systems. They focus on video game equipment, but um, he likes to make things that work. And that's exactly what he said. He told me, you know. I've got this company, I've got this job, I, I enjoy what I do, but I really just want to make things that work. I understand that. That's that's a part of, um, like, that That speaks to me at my core. I like to make things work. Um, one of the other things I like to do is refurbish or buy older equipment and make that work. And I feel as though we're, there's some sort of symbiosis here where we're kind of in the same brain brain set like where you have a wheelchair that they're not making anymore but if we can keep them on the road for guys like you it's a huge advantage it's huge because like you said earlier sixty five thousand dollars your wheelchair would cost like but that was seven years ago is that correct I was like 15 to 20 years ago and that was through the systems which piles on extra costs and there's even more costs you don't see um, but actually, Tim, that's an excellent point, because what we're going for is the original concept of the Omega track right. was longevity. Remember, yes. I told you after three to five years, most wheelchairs are done, right? Insurance companies won't right. even pay for repairs after five years. Um, this chair is a lot like a cast iron pan. It can be refurbished over and over and over again. It's good to go. Just put a little oil on it, maybe sand it, I bake ask it. You're running it for another couple of years. I love it. If if you needed a wheelchair, would you want one that you knew was going to go in the garbage in five years, or one that you thought is possible for your grandchild to use? Well, after so look, car if, if I was 30s. to pick a wheelchair, I'd pick a wheelchair like a skid steer that has a solid base that is going to be able to push mountains of dirt and help me clean snow. So I want your wheelchair, bro. I've I've seen it; it's real. You know what I mean? That's what I want. And that sounds very rural and rugged. The interesting thing is it's also very good at navigating nice. sidewalks. Oh, you've Queens, had experience, right? When you were out terrible. like collecting signatures in Queens. Yes, yes. I still can do both. Three weeks down there. I spent three weeks down there and I saw a total of two power wheelchairs out and about. And I was out and about the whole time. Can I can um, I jump in? And they if you saw two right. other power wheelchairs, could your wheelchair have driven them right into the ground, like turned them into mincemeat. <laughs> See, not, you just want me to talk about the wheelchair demolition <laughs> derby I had here, don't you? Um, Smooth segue. I know, pretty good like that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, actually, um, it's got one and a half horsepower. It has a one horsepower drive motor, a half horsepower steer motor, um, technical posi traction i believe and it'll climb a six inch curb up or down 
the frame actuates so that if you're on uneven ground, all four of your wheels are touching the ground. That's wild. Wow. That's wild. That's great. I mean, and then, yeah, the, the curb thing too. So like, I know like curb cuts can be a challenge in some cities, right? So you're able to navigate those if they're not uh, well-maintained or present. Which is about the same as the sidewalks yeah. of Queens. <laughs> I mean, I went over sidewalks. I wouldn't recommend right. you walking. I, I, I haven't been to Queens, so I don't know the conditions over at the sidewalks. Yeah, it's there, like every densely rough, populated huh? urban area, most of the stuff's falling apart. There's too many people, and it smells bad. Be honest. <laughs> hey, listen, Rochester has some nice parts. New York City, they are starting to not put garbage out on the street anymore. They're, they're, they're going to put in cans like a modern society. <laughs> like a civilized race. I mean, it's beautiful. Civilized human beings. Excuse me. Hey, you, you know, it's actually the homeless people that care about that more than anybody else. When I was down there, I uh, ended up in Manhattan for one of Larry Sharp's events. And, you know, there were a couple of shops and there were a couple of guys, you know, they were panhandling. But uh, the one guy would chastise politely nice. anybody who littered, yeah. right? Meanwhile, there's this just giant, massive pile of garbage right. sitting there, right? But his point was to make sure it got to the pile instead of in the middle. It makes it's sense. something. It's something. <laughs> there is a, there's a glimmer of civilization so, in New York City. Great. <laughs> So, you know, um, I personally have, have taken on this fundraiser for Devin through Liberty Memes as a volunteer. Um, Devin is an extremely motivated individual with a brain that, that blows me out of the water every time I talk to him. Um, he has some true potential, some true talent, and he needs a vehicle so that he can keep helping others utilize his talent and live a good life. Um, I'm sure he's not the kind of person to complain. He offered us barbecue. Um, I don't know if you understand that, but if you feed people, that's hospitality. You're not complaining when you're being hospitable. You're being mm -hmm. generous. Um, the other thing I would say about Liberty Memes is that we do have a general fund listed on the front of the organization. Uh, just if you just go to libertymemesfoundation.org, uh, if you want to make a recurring small donation, that's the place to do it. That's how we start out fundraisers. That's how we top them off at the end. That's how we pay to fly uh, David or whoever to wherever the vehicle is to check it out, purchase it, and bring it back to wherever the person in need lives. Um, so yes, we do everything. We we find them, we purchase them, we do the paperwork, and we do the transfer. And it's theirs. And when I say we, I mean David. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> David is a very passionate person, and he really cares about yeah. helping people. That's that's great. No, your sure. your um, book. Let's not sell you short. You're you are one of the most passionate, bravest individuals that I've ever met. All right. Like let's like sure we can prop up Devin, but also Queter, you deserve a lot of respect and a lot of like participation in your ideas you you are relentless brother you're relentless yeah man put put in the work it's awesome well, i like i like value in terms of value not in terms of dollars um so money's never really mattered to me i can produce value i i, I can butcher and grow food i can repair things i can figure things out i can help yeah. people i can do this and i can do that um and and 
you know, the oh. law of attraction applies. What you put out into the world, you get back. And um, as much as I would love to have Tim O'Connor's <laughs> million dollars, you're getting a hundred um, though. <laughs> if he gave me a million dollars, I would just, I would just put it right into the Mobility Independence Foundation, which is primarily funded by its board members. By the way, uh, we're not making money; sure. we're spending money to help people. Um, or um, can, can we causes can we shake liberty. down the government Those for some of your causes, Queter? What's the goal here? Like, can we just be like? <laughs> You know what you guys should do? Territory, Give Tim. this guy money. But, you know, once we uh, – it's interesting because I just looked into some um, tech grants that came out of the Fed recently. Um, they will not give money to a nonprofit. You have to be a for-profit business. And so going forward, the discussion has been handed. Well, maybe we should form a sister corporation that is for-profit and harvest some of those war dollars yeah. and uh, put them into – it's what a lot, it's what a lot of companies do. They have a nonprofit arm and they have a for-profit arm. They do their thing. But uh, we, we have about a minute left, so I wanted to make sure that you had a chance to wrap things up, remind people where they can look out for the Mobility Independence Foundation. And I did put up the link, but we'll say it out out, out loud too of, of LibertyMemesFoundation.org. If you watch it online, you could see the the link to uh, Devin's van. But um, if you just go to their webpage and you scroll down, that's libertymemesfoundation.org. Uh, you scroll down a little ways, you will find Devin's fundraiser. Um, that's the most important thing to me today. Um, but in the long term, the Mobility Independence Foundation is the most important thing to me. Um, I do have a book coming out probably early next year. It's sort of a memoir in terms of mobility equipment and what's happened to me and my family since I was four years old with specific. Fantastic. Is it a money on laundering operation um, by the Democratic or Republican Party? Your book? What? <laughs> uh, no, it's actually it's going to be released by the foundation and any purchase of a copy or ebook copy uh, will benefit. All right, seriously, that's beautiful, brother. I, I, I think that's great. I, and so get ready to buy right. Tom's book. Get ready to match my hundred bucks. Let's do this. Yeah. And unlike Andrew Cuomo, my book was Did written after interns? the fact, not before. I, awesome. I, I That's great. Have a writing That's a scandal. Hey, there's there's nothing wrong with working as a team. All right, all right, guys. I, I, I got to cut you off. We're, we're running out of time for the show. Uh, thanks again for joining us here on WYSL. If you want to listen to stuff we talk about after, go find the podcast. We might keep talking. All right, thanks again for joining us on Free Solution. Have a great night, folks. Yeah. So, sorry to cut you guys off. Radio time. No, that was Kevin. Thank you. It's it, it kind of lends a little <laughs> air of seriousness and a little air of reality to what we're trying to do, and I think it's great. So that's good. Speaking of seriousness, I'm yeah, gonna grab. My I'm gonna have one more beer. Like, like right what do you back. say? Like, let's keep it. Uh, Kevin, do you mind if we keep this going? Did your kid settle do down? No, no, we keep I'm going. You're fine. So my my son is actually Perfect. asleep now. So. Perfect. <laughs> So we keep going. Uh, I mean, for, for the folks listening online, uh, these guys are going to be back. But uh, I, I'm going to make sure we, we put up that information again, too. Um, the the MIF, the, the MIF.org, checking that stuff out and, and real excited to see what uh, oh, produce. And, and Tom, I'm curious because I've seen your post about this. You're, you're growing tobacco right now. I, I seen like you're so you're drying out the leaves and everything. How, how's it going? Like. Uh, 
it's my yeah. first time. It's kind of experimental. I planted a small fraction of the seeds that I got for three right. bucks. Um, and they're doing as expected. The leaves are drying in the woodroom where our wood furnace is. And um, there's one plant left out there that has flowers on top. And I've got that in a bag because I want to harvest mm -hmm. the seed uh, and compare that generation seed to the original seed next year. So I still have some that I purchased and any that I get from this. And I'll try to germinate both. And, you know, comparative analysis in gardening, something I've done since I was a kid with lots of different yeah. plants, including cannabis. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's very interesting what you get to do as a nonprofit, as opposed to as a candidate or an activist. Um, as a nonprofit, you bring yourself this weird and false air of um, trust. Right, the, because you have that five hundred one c three, the government has stamped you. As well, that's that's my goal right? in life, Tom. Is to stamp as trustworthy by the government. Right. That right. would be awesome. See, well, it is. You're right. It's, it's something that people like they they assume like, oh, like this is a nonprofit. It must be charitable. Must be helpful. All it is is a type of corporate we, structure. That's all we, it is. Right. That has some tax advantages. Yeah. Like, we talked about it, that. It like, can just be good. because it's not like a yeah. a, a nonprofit doesn't mean that like. The, the leaders aren't making massive amounts of money coming up with disgusting ideas to forward an agenda. It doesn't like anyway, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, talk, so talk about I, your... I've network... <laughs> I, I, I've been networking yeah. in the nonprofit world for a while now, and I can tell you that quite a lot of them are dirty. Right. Uh, you have to find the people you trust, not the organization you trust. I mean, so, um, like... Wounded Warriors is a good example where they drove out the founder because he didn't want everybody getting rich off of sure, sure. But look, if uh, someone deserves to get rich for the um, hard work that they've put in, or if someone deserves to make money, all right, like make a good living, a guy like you who's been dedicated to volunteerism, crafting new ideas, and confronting the, the rigorous monopoly that the government has. I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like, make some yeah. money, bro. That's no, like, I, I'd agree, too. It's, it's more Everybody, when, like, if you're providing value, great. If you are just farming grants from the government, that's that's when I get upset. Or, or even, like, donations from individuals, too. And you're just, you're, you're enriching yourself without providing that value back to the, the yeah. cause you're supposed to be serving. Right. That's the problem. So to that, no, I do have a long-term plan for myself to transition into executive director and drop off the board. Um, at that point, though, I am a worker. I don't have any say, control, or leadership value. Uh, um, yeah, angles there. Um, so I will stay on the board as long as they'll have me, because that is one thing about a nonprofit. Um, much like a political party, the minute the board is formed, you don't own it. Right. The board owns it. Um, and so when you're going to start something like that, it's important to have people you trust with you on the board at least at first and your bylaws are important um because that can help keep things from going awry however there are a lot of nonprofits out there that um, do wonderful things and there are a lot of non-organized structures out there that do a lot of wonderful things um, 
you know, being able to trust the the fundraiser at your firehouse for the sick kid down the street, that that's something we need more of. Um, it, it shouldn't have to be government stamps to be legitimate. Uh, right. right. The monopoly on approval by the government is a problem. It's definitely created a lack of positive solutions. Queter, I want to test your libertarian creds here. Like, I think that. Oh, geez. I don't know if you remember Tim, but I'm I, the only real libertarian. We, we we found him, Tim. He's the he, real one. Honestly, I've heard Kevin, legends. You and I get so pragmatic. It sometimes we're like, well, the government kind of should, but Queter's kind of like he's he's as again we we joked earlier, but he hates the government as much as we do for sure. Um, what? So did and look. Your answer, I don't think your answer has to be perfect on this, but my question would be, we've got a lot of current events kicking around in the world. What, What's your take on Joe Biden? <laughs> He's a puppet. He's a puppet. Okay. I mean, come on. Look, no matter what he was in the past and whether or not you can like him for it or not, um, what he is right now is an old man, a very old man. This elder abuse. I'm sorry. You don't get to that level of age and that level of power without being controlled because well when we get old i I reject that assertion son are you kidding me look at this guy look at this guy no but yeah i think it's fair when was the my question to you would be when was the last president we had that was not uh donald j trump son like come on man that guy was real Uh, he uh he he certainly does what he wants. Does he though? I don't know. Like, I get this theory about. I, I, I like people try to get like. I, I don't think the outcomes are good, but people, I, I think people try to control him, and then he just did whatever he wanted. Like, hey, can you say this? Thing? It's really important that you say this stuff, and you're just like, go totally off script every single time. That that's what made him kind of exciting and terrifying and funny <laughs> all at the same time. But right. So so what's pulling Trump's strings yeah. is his ego. So. I thought there, I had this thought this week when I, I get working and I'm doing little things with my hands. My brain runs over time. Um, I, I part of me feels like Donald Trump's just a total puppet for the deep state, because every time he went off script, the deep state got more power. Like the 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 uh, oh, my God, I can't find the word. But anyways, he'd say something. They would double down and grow their power and just make him look bad it, it was the weirdest thing he's like saying so, things that people want to hear and the government would seize power on what he said who? and everybody would be like well 49 percent or something would be like oh my god you're right he is a menace and so i think he is he part of the show well i think the answer to that would be another question who was the last president to pass a gun regulation that the uh, supreme court found uh, to be donald j trump perhaps <laughs> that's pretty fair good so guys let's and all right so gun that this was something you and i kind of almost lost our access to facebook over but i'm going to ask the question we're looking at a disaster in israel and the evil event that was i, I gotta be honest empowered by gun control what's your take on that am i right i I think it's more empowered by the concept of proxy wars and advantaging certain economies uh, over others. I respect that analysis, but 
let's point i want to point out and i do uh, often and regular that the israeli government is one of the strict has some of the strictest gun control policies in in what i would call the civilized world they're on par with england all of their guns are locked up in some sort of neighborhood militia unit they can't use them they don't have access to them and we saw a religious theocracy wage violence against neighborhoods so that's where i'm at with that what do you think am i like i know that i can be crazy but what do you think Queter? um your point is valid but i would argue that if you go back throughout the history of these wars and those two entities in particular palestine and israel um we funded Ooh, that's them a libertarian take bro i love it we did we, we propped up hamas right uh, i mean we, we have to fund we have to fund the new terrorist organization to take out the last terrorist organization that we funded because they were going to take out the terrorist organization before that that we funded and and you see if you go forward in time it just keeps going and then we still have war manufacturing and economies to control and resources to yeah, that was beautiful man that was really nice what do you how does your soul feel when mitch mcconnell says or or some cnn pundit says you know what's really good for the economy the fact that we're making bombs right here in america and giving them to israel and the ukraine <laughs> you know i actually oh, I you know about oh, all right yeah, they, they make parts for, yeah they make parts for for american mm. bombs uh <laughs> well, and, very uh, green know, manufacturing these the bombs. They're, they're the greenest bombs ever made. Ever. Uh, I, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so green that uh, people who work there have been exposed to yeah. neurotoxins. So green that their old facility is now a solar field. Because yeah, well, I can't wait to go down there and there. fix all the stuff that they did wrong because that's what I do. But whatever. Let solar is good. I like it. Uh, you know, it's okay to like solar, um, and it's okay to um, utilize uh, right broken uh, land. Yeah. Let's call it right. In a We've done that a manner. couple times, and I feel um, as though if there's a really good application for solar, that's that's one of them. We we have waste, you know, brownfields. We have brownfield uh, stuff, garbage yeah. dumps, and you know, put, putting solar over that is actually a fantastic idea. They turned a garbage dump up here into a park, which is we joked about that, but that's not that bad of an idea as long as they control the yeah. contaminant. So all there's there's a nice park out in uh, like Penfield area. It's uh, all New York City's garbage. I uh, I graduated from the school that was built on top of. Say that again, Tom. I'm sorry. I get what I'm on up in Central School District. That building was built on a top big of a cesspool, system. like a town wide. Okay, all right. Nice, nice. Hopefully they cleaned it up a bit before, you know, letting kids play <laughs> out in the dirt. I'm just you thankful know. I didn't play in the right. playground, yeah. you know? So, <laughs> um, so there is something to be said to repurposing land that's been damaged by our activities, but there's also something to be said about not damaging more uh, land. Because once it's damaged, you limit its I utilization. I agree with that. But what one of the things I like to point out when that point is brought up by the Enviro Nazis, which I know you're not one, um, 
I am an environmentalist. I have yes, as as am I. Right, like life. we have. There's a lot of value in having green spaces, and, and you know, my my thoughts here, and I'm starting to lose my train of thought. But we, we don't need to create green yeah, spaces. They um, exist. We're cutting down thousands of acres of trees for transmission lines for windmills that have a 15 year lifespan. And, and are subsidized by the government. And if you know anything about subsidized projects, they rarely bring back to the community what's promised. It's almost always a we, ne- we negative in the end. Everything though, from natural gas to oil to windmills. It's and sometimes I think we get into this confusing conversation. Like, are they really subsidies? Or are they just taxes we're not taking from these companies? What do you think about that? I know, well, you know you, how I, I feel know, about that. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get, I'm hoping to get that fire. But we've had some fire I mean, comments from you for sure, brother. Like it's just, I'm, I'm always farming for right, another so, fire comment. Okay, so my my take on subsidies would be similar to some of the rights take on welfare. Right? How dare you take our money and give it to these other people? Um, well, that's what a subsidy does. They take your money and they give it to other people, usually big corporations. You know, welfare at least attempts to give it to people in sure. need, sort of. Um, but subsidies really, um, uh, again, if it's a constant net negative, you're just you're just begging to lose money. Yeah, the Back broken windows time. fallacy. We didn't really. I, I I saw a couple opportunities to talk about the broken windows fallacy during our show, but the broken windows fallacy is like, all right, so we're gonna break this, we're gonna throw it into the ocean, and that's good for the economy, and that that's the argument for bombs, that's the argument for subsidies, that's this recurring, um, distillate of what the government thinks it's doing. I was waiting for you to bring economy. up cash for clunkers what's that. Again. I was waiting for you to bring up cash for clunkers. You bring it up like oh, once a month. Is it right? only once a month? I it's my, my, it's my turn to cash for clunkers was one of the worst things ever. And I'm a guy that loves, like you, Queter, I love old equipment. I'll put parts on it all day long. I'll combine two vehicles. Like, I'll buy a junker and throw, like, all the great parts off the junker onto my the car I'm driving. Like, cash for clunkers did more to destroy this economy than in my perspective, right, from where I come from, and everybody has a story like Cash for Clunkers, but it was just horrible, horrible, throw away accumulated wealth because the government thinks that's good for eco- the economy. It's it's nonsense, nonsense. So we're, we're talking about a few things here. We've talked about war. We've talked about the war economy. We've talked about subsidies for green tech. And what's the number one polluter in the world? Don't you dare say the Raytheon. They they are on Twitter telling us just how fucking green they are. They they say it practically every day. They are the greenest bomb maker in the world. And yeah, our incredible thirty six percent of our economy is a massive polluter dedicated to violence. And I, I'm a violent like. All right, I've joked about this, but I have a propensity towards violence. I get it. We want to protect our friends. We want to protect our other people we care about. But what we're doing on a global scale to prop up the value of our dollar, to prop up our hegemony, our our empire building nonsense, is terrifying to me. It's te- I don't like it. it. 
I'll protect my friends and my family and whatever I can do to do that. But this has gone off the rails. That's my opinion. It has. But I mean, I think the point to be had here is that the same government that's forcing us into this they are, new they deal, are, if that's you will, fair. Um, it's the same government that's been perpetually polluting at a greater scale than anything yeah. else. You know, you know what the solution to that is, though? We just need to spend more money. Guys, if we it's just give them a few trillion dollars more, it's, it's underfunded. So our schools, our military, um, you know, just, just, just really everything in the government's underfunded. If, if, we, if we throw a few trillion more at it, they're going to fix this. You, you heard it from Kevin first, folks. You should voluntarily pay a 90% income tax. <laughs> and be happy. Um, it's not voluntary <laughs> anyway. Just, you do your thing. It's it, you know, you you could you could no, give your, your your money to to you know Liberty Memes Foundation, uh, or you can give it to the government where they're going to turn it into stuff that would be blown up. You know, and you know that's that's one of the great things about the Liberty Memes Foundation. They aren't um, blowing up people overseas. I yes, know. that is one of the great things about them. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I know I know for a fact that the turnaround on the dollar there goes directly to the individual. Minus like travel costs and paperwork fees yeah. for Let me, yeah. so 96 percent uh, of every Hillary miles. Clinton's foundations goes to salaries. You're saying if we juxtapose that with Liberty memes, what happened? I, I I think Liberty memes is averaging a cost of about three grand a month to individuals. Wild, it's what that's wild. What what's wrong with those guys? <laughs> Right, they're not greedy. Yeah. How dare they? Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and I can tell you that um, the only people that have been paid for the Mobility Independence Foundation is the webmaster. You have no choice but to pay the webmaster. webmaster. That's that's the that's the perils of the modern internet. Well, sometimes it's what you got to do. Right? Sometimes you got to pay for stuff to yeah. get it done. Right. You know, since you're talking about cash for corkers and we're talking about the rollover rig of wheelchairs earlier, um, you know, we started this foundation last October. We just hit a year old. Um, and in March of 22, which was the same year it founded, um, we discovered it after the fact that uh, WBUR out of Massachusetts was reporting statistics from studies that show that 50% of all wheelchairs, it's manual and power, break down every wow. six months. Wow. Now, now imagine if that was that, that car you mentioned, right? What would happen to that line? What, I'd what throw it into the ocean myself race? if it was breaking down every six months. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'd stop buying yeah. them, right? So that's a, a point about but, free uh, markets, right? Like there's no competition because we're propping up wheelchair producers and getting a shoddy product. I, I don't know if there's a better libertarian message than that right there, you know. Uh, the only other thing that could be better is my Burger King analogy that I got to make when I was speaking at the Meet the Candidates event last week. Um, so I, I had this nice little card thing for my petitioners when they went around, and it's got this like honesty and transparency on it. And I, my spiel to the people who attended to meet the candidates was that this is a Burger King commercial. Every candidate tries to put forward these qualities in one way or another. They rarely say it as directly as I did. And they want you to believe 
that they're for you it's when they're not. And it's just like Burger King, right? You see that commercial. It's that big, beautiful, juicy-looking patty with vegetables full of color. And every oh, yeah. sesame seed is perfectly placed. And then you get out the other side of the drive-thru. You've got this flat, greasy, colorless thing that's not anything like what you imagined when you first saw that uh, commercial. Yes. It's a sales strategy, right? Like, I get it. Yeah. It's actually a psychological trick. Um, because you are more likely to be satisfied with that flat, greasy, flavorless thing devoid of proper nutrition if you first saw that commercial. Right. Well, yeah, you assume you've projected that this is going to be good and delicious. And I, and I say this as a marketer who does these things. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I felt as though he was um, attacking you there, Kevin. Let's have a debate. I, I did feel personally attacked. I was going to let him make his yeah. point. But, you know, it's all right. So I'm just, I know. I didn't. I didn't know you were. No, I don't want King, Can we have the Kevin? No, I, I actually, I despite having a Burger King, like no kidding, like two hundred yards from my house, uh, I never go there. I just, it's fine. It's okay. They, they, uh, what's permanently burned in my head is like the Burger King Whopper song going off like ten times during like Bills games, particularly after the Demar Hamlin game, and just like, oh yeah, so uh, the ambulance is coming on the field. We'll be right back. And then Whopper, Whopper, Whopper. It's like what a what a transition. Ah, you had to mention the Bills. That that's a penchant for me now. Um, New York State cut services to child and human yeah. welfare uh, by almost exactly what they decided to soon after subsidize. All right, hold on, hold on, because bills. I think you're saying you're understating that um, government has to make choices about regardless about how much money they steal from us and where they dedicate it to. So please reiterate what you just okay. said. So the cuts to child and human services in New York State quite nearly equate to the subsidies given to produce the How new Buffalo Bills virtuous Stadium. is that, bro? <laughs> um, and I can tell you from personal knowledge that our welfare offices, our nonprofits that serve those with disabilities, the homeless and the like, are all getting funding cuts. Uh, well, at least well, we got money for that. We'll have a sales tax revenue generator and a non-championship team because we over our hey. athletes taxes the hey. highest in the country and so we don't have enough talent don't forget ever. don't forget the degradation. <laughs> don't forget the degradation to the surrounding communities that's ah, that's irrelevant fact. bud you don't get it part of it and and also you're, you're well cuz what we need is the yeah. fact. So, but besides the fact that I and, and I am a Bills fan, even though I, I hate the subsidies too, but uh, you're forgetting the fact that that Governor Hochul. I like the Bills, man. I want I, my team to do good. They were hard hitting, not like wild men back in the '90s under Marv Levy. They they did the best they could with everything they had, and it was awesome. Yeah, but. That's right, Tim. They did the best they could yeah, in your tax dollars. I, I want my tax dollars going to a winning football team. Wait, no, no, I don't. Yeah, at I least don't. the least they could do if we're going to pay for it is win a Super Bowl. Like that's the least they could yeah, do. Uh, I, they're not but, spending enough, man. They're not. Yeah, this, we got to subsidize them more. Tim. Uh, no, but but remember, Kathy Hochul said that she took the money from the Senecas, so she's like, oh, we we took it from them, and that's what uh, paid for it too. <laughs> it didn't. Money's money's not real, guys, but. 
Wait a minute. Did, did, did she just slaughter indigenous people to prop up the quote, <laughs> buffalo bills? Yeah. She just stole it. Was it a, a, a set we, of we to, to, to prop up the, the, the organization that her husband profited just, from? You know, that, that's that, all. Kevin, that's just coincidence. I don't and even father. understand how you could go there. Look, guys, we live in an absurd time. Our our, our timeline is absurd. I, I it's I don't I don't know what other word there is for absurd doesn't go far enough, but that's our reality. This is an absurdity. Kind of is. You know, I'm going to backtrack here in just a second. Right. I'm looking for an email. Uh, we were talking about Debman and his business Rapadap. Um, yeah. If you're watching this online, um, Rapadap does machining and prototyping, product design and development, electronics prototyping, CNC machining, 3D printing, and welding. Um, it is a business. It is a for-profit business. Um, and, you know, they do good work. Their, their shop is what a shop should be. Uh, Tim, when you walk into any business and the shop is perfectly oh, clean, that, what's the first thing you They're actually not think? making enough stuff, and I'm embarrassed for them. <laughs> like, something's going on right. here. You've got time so when to you clean. you see a dirty shop. You're, you're not being productive, which I'm not sure I'm right about that, but, you know, I, I think I am. Well, Devin's shop was not very clean. It was well used, and you could tell that all the equipment gets used they do that, work that's that i i also want the guy to who's who's running everything to be slightly frazzled and to go off off track every five seconds when i'm talking to him like i want him to have adhd but not quite adhd like i want him to be able to answer my questions but also like i want him to be losing it because a machine he hears something wrong with one of his machines in the background like that that's what i want that's a, a very specific guy. It is, right? <laughs> it is. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about, but... It's... You do. I know you do. Like, so, we, you know, we get it. It's, it's weird. Be... Like, we're, we're at this... We, we share a vibe, guys. Like, that's a reality, you know? And, and for the people that are listening and I've spending been, time been, with us this afternoon, we share this vibe. Yeah. And that's, that's wonderful. A good shop is typically only clean for a few minutes at a time, or at most sure, night. Sure, sure. Let's say, like, I'll see, like, I'll walk to a lot shop first thing in the morning. Like, usually clutters, not not like they pick up the clutter on the floor and want to trip over nothing, and then everything kind of looks well used. Is it? Is that? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. It's just a kind of a layer of dust on everything. Yeah, and, and everything's know, making noise. Get everything your... in the shop is making noise, and you know, you found the right business to, to work with. So uh, another little personal note about our trip to Rochester. Remember I told you that I, I had invited. Sure. A Did you have a garbage plate? No, I want to check on that. <clears throat> Don't. I, I did not. Um, <laughs> no. no, actually we had right. barbecue at Jim Dayton's. Um, so they're in manual wheelchairs and Dustin and I are in power wheelchairs. And I had never a seen what? Lake Ontario. <laughs> so we went we went from his shop to a nice like touristy park with a old pier. It even had the old mooring where you would tie the ropes, um, where you could walk out into the lake kinda. Um, we took turns towing the manual chairs two at a time. 
And they're able to just tell them how it's We both here. have wheelchairs that can tow two other wheelchairs at speed. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet. No, and uh, the wheelchair he uses for his shop chair um, actually has Omega Track parts. Like the differential transmission. <laughs> uh, no, not the transmission, but it, he had the caster wheels, which are interesting. They're a lot like a landing gear. They've got one for it. All right. Right. I mean, actually, so I we, we never got into it. Like, so, so some of the goal here with, like, your foundation is, like, all right, people should be able to, like, find open source manuals for like some of these different parts right so if like they need to like make or modify something on their chair like regardless of what it is like the goal is to crowdsource or, or make open source the um the ability and the knowledge to be able to modify and repair chairs to fit their situation right and it's, it's also to make sure that, that there are designs out there that are right. simple this is a very simple design other than the transmission um and beyond that we're also working angles to get parts manufactured i was talking about james back he owns an electronics manufacturing company um so going forward uh the motor controller and the hid we can actually create a company to produce okay. them um and same with the transmission uh, we can use companies like devons or other machine shops to produce them um frames we can do uh, the the battery technology we really hit on. Are you guys familiar with LifePo four batteries? No. Are they are they affiliated with they're Tesla? Li they're lithium, but because <laughs> the Tesla batteries, kind of yeah. Um, they they are lithium iron phosphate batteries, mm -hmm. which means they don't have a lot of um, well PFAS chemicals. If you're familiar, the Teflon chemical that kills people. The Department of Defense yeah. has these huge funds set aside for when they mishandle them. Um. That's what your standard lithium batteries used as a electrolyte. Um, lithium iron phosphate batteries don't need that. They're much more recyclable. And here's the thing in terms of wheelchairs, because I'm, I'm sitting on a pair of lithium okay. iron phosphate batteries right now. They're less than half the weight of lead acid gel cell. Right. So that's... And you're saying they're more recyclable and we're, they... we we get into this whole cleaner thing that we were kind of talking about earlier where. I'm not done. Go ahead, go ahead. There's more. Sham oh, wait, wow. there's well, more. Sham wow. Um, so on a 75 amp hour lead acid sealed gel cell battery, you might be able to reap half of the power it's capable of storing. On a lithium iron phosphate. Okay, so I want that for my all. my impact gun. Not only that, like that's what I want. I want this battery in a smaller size for my impact gun. Well, right now you want this battery for anything that you can use the battery for. Um, they are durable. Uh, we have seen product testing videos where somebody shot one with a shotgun, and all I did was fizzle a little bit. Uh, we saw somebody drop one off a building onto a concrete slab, and the concrete slab broke battery was yeah. fine. Um, they have a battery management system on board, so they don't undercharge or overcharge, and they kick off when it's too hot or too cold, so you don't damage that's the battery. That's what I was going to ask. Like, that's, it's a big thing with like electric bikes. Like I worry about that charging my battery. They can overheat super easily. Oh, yeah. as, as a solar guy, I'm familiar with this, yep. this, this problem as well. You have to have switches installed between what you're saving as electric and what you're generating as electric, right? You have to turn it turn off it or off. burn somebody's, you know, yeah. 
exactly. Right. So it's basically an onboard yeah. computer. That's what it does. It, it tells it to stop charging before it's too late. It tells it to not over-discharge before it's too late. It tells it to shut itself off if it's too cold or too hot. Um, that's important. Now, I, I haven't gotten to the, to the main point. Um, the Mobility Independence Foundation, through the benevolence of myself and our vice president, now has three sets from three different companies of lithium iron phosphate batteries in these wheelchairs. Um, <clears throat> every last one of them comes with an 11 what? year warranty. Hang on. What? That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's wild. I've never heard of an Seems 11 year warranty on a battery. Like guys, your car battery, three yeah. years, five years. If you get a good one, your, your impact guns and your tools, the batteries on them are like break, you break them out of the package and the warranty's done. Like, so we're talking 11 years. Right now, um, in February of this year, I bought the first pair, the high-end pair. Um, I paid a thousand dollars a piece, two grand for a set of batteries because okay. it takes two batteries per chair. And after eleven-year warranty, I did the math versus how fast I go through lead acids. Um, I'm saving fifty-two hundred dollars. Long-term thinking is not. I, let's see if you can break that down because long-term thinking people don't understand per year costs. Like when I used to sell roofs, Queter, it'd be like, Hey, I'll get you the 50 year shingles because <clears throat> per year that's like $9. All right. So like versus a 30 year roof, which is like a hundred dollars. So do, do that. Help people understand that. So um, what is value, right? Um, about six months prior to purchasing those batteries, I bought a new set of lead acid batteries. Right. It cost me $700 for both batteries. Um, then I paid two grand for LIFO batteries that are going to give me 11 years instead of spending 700 every year. Right. Yeah. Start to. Okay. Now, <laughs> we're back to ShamWow. Um, the latest set of batteries I purchased cost $550, not $2,000. Same rating. So, um, the other interesting thing about LiPo versus lead acid, um, both rated for, let's say, 12.8 volts, right? Um, it, and we have fancy little things on our phones where we can read the output and input when we discharge and charge the batteries, right? So with the lead acid battery, when you push forward on the joystick as it's using, that voltage drops. And then when you meet resistance like rough ground or a hill, you feel the wheelchair hesitate, struggle, not have the power in speed it did on, say, flat, smooth ground. With a LIFO battery, it stays no at 12.8 volts. When, when I got the first pair installed and I went outside, you know those little, those little gutters by the median between yes. uh, the sidewalk and the road? Um, it's not really a curb. It's kind of angled, but yeah. it's still kind of steep on one side. Um, I That was my first test. You know, 30 seconds out the door, see how it does over that, right? And I, I took it like I would with lead acids, full speed, expecting hesitation and just come over it nice. I caught Ah, air. you must have been in your glory, bro. <laughs> oh, it was fun. Um it wasn't a lot of air. No, it was a God, couple no, of inches. Dude, like, stop. But to not right. people got to know your reality. H had you caught too much air, that could have been a disaster. 
right? Like, let's be honest. Tell you, hit. <laughs> um, be fun while flying, but, just, you know, yeah. when you land is the yeah. problem. Wow. It, you know, every fall is a lot of exciting, fun, and uh, adrenaline until that point at which you <laughs> I speak yes. from experience. Um, but so that was my first clue, right? I caught like two or three inches of air on something that I expected to struggle over. Um, then later, um, in the appropriate weather, I took it on the washed out tractor trail in the hills behind my house. Yes. You know what those are, Tim. They're uphill when they wash out. There's just like a lot of little yeah. boulders and it's rough ground. And you know, tractors can do it no, fine. I, but see, I can't imagine it. Like, I've right? seen you do things with your wheelchair that are, is like, and you sent me private video, so I don't know how much we're supposed to talk about, but I've seen the stuff that you're able to do with your wheelchair that you, you guys, this is where we get into this libertarian notion. Queter picked his wheelchair. If Queter went through the government, he would have ended up with a piece of dangerous garbage that probably would have killed him, right? Like we've had this conversation. You would probably, if you weren't with the government yeah. offered solution, you'd probably be dead, right? Right. So what happened was when they denied <laughs> me for this year, they came back and offered me a range of, right. of wheelchairs that I could get. And being the most familiar with my condition, which is rather sure. intricate and individual, um, I could I could look at those chairs and say, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be bedridden within a few months if I use that because they're gonna limit my ability to use my body, right? A wheelchair should give you the ability to use what you right. got. That's the mm -hmm. point. It you, you don't get a motorized wheelchair to sit there and do nothing but watch cable and take prescriptions. Uh, you get a wheelchair so you can get out and about, go to the family events, go down the road to the store, maybe. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I know this is like way out of line, but just maybe we want to have a job. Correct. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they do. Uh, if people need purpose. Yeah. Disabled people do. <clears throat> um, and, you know, we talked about the breakdown rate of wheelchairs. You know, it's over 50% nationwide. If you're talking about veterans. Because they're guys that are coming from something that they want to be able to, like you, like you. They want to be able to perform life. Okay, that's all they want to do. They want to participate in life. And so they're going to break that garbage that they're we, forced to take. They're going to break it. And we literally we literally train them Correct. to do things. Yeah, and thank you. That's, that's a better way to say it. Yeah. And then they come back with a disability and we give them a piece of crap that they can't. They can't know, go over the threshold it. without breaking it, right? They, isn't that something we're reflecting back on from our earlier conversation? Now, Tim, I know I know you've got a hard working background, and you're probably yeah. still working hard. Yeah, I hate myself for it, but yeah, um, that's what I'm doing. I, I believe it's solar panels now. Um, so, what would happen if tomorrow you couldn't work like that anymore? How would you feel? Forget the money, forget the bills. Personally, emotionally, what would happen if your options? I would smash my wheelchair right bills? into the ground. <laughs> like, like that's what you're getting at, and I know where you're going, and that's what I would do, right? Like because. I'd be like, all right, well, I can't get it over my, my threshold in my house. And I would keep trying until the front wheels fell off. Like that's, that's it, man. I'd probably take, yeah. Yeah. You, my oh, right, you get it. I know you get it. I know, I, I know why you asked the question and it's a real 
government does not understand individual needs and we're moving towards a government that refuses to understand individual needs. They're literally moving towards refusing to understand that we're not a hive mind, hive body collective, that we have an existence that's important to us and we want to live our lives the way we live them. Right. And the solution is to create stuff for people to be able to empower themselves to, 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 to get mobile, to find their yeah. own solutions, to pick things that work for yeah. themselves. Because as you said, every everyone's unique. Everyone has unique situations. And so like if we can empower people to do that, to make something that's going to work for their situation, you can end up with a lot more happiness and a lot less dependence. That's Great, absolutely Kevin. a fact. And that's why going forward, our, our designs are specifically looking to be yeah. modular. And I, I want to ask that about that. Like, you know, are, are you going to be able to like, you know, it, it, get stuff that's going to be able to adapt and, and, and fit those individual needs. That That's awesome. So our, um, our embedded software, I'm not the technical guy. I don't claim to be the smartest person in the room with this. Um, but we're, we're already looking at um, the programming of the wheelchair for things like speed and handling uh, to be capable of being opened right. up. Um, not necessarily opened up immediately. We do believe that um, we we do believe that uh, you should have those options. And I can speak to this personally with a very good anecdote. Uh, you ever been in a parking lot when a teenager drove through it like eighty miles <laughs> right. an hour? You ever have to make five feet really quickly to save your life because of it? Yeah. So, uh... um, if wheelchairs are regulated down to five miles per hour, right. man. So shouldn't you have the option to go? Yeah, 10? so you should be able to get out of the way. But you know, it may be like that's not the right solution for everybody, right? You know, and, and you probably you got to get used to that, right? Or if you're 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 talking about a child or something, okay, like maybe they've got to get get used to being able to operate that way. But that's uh, that's why uh, actually Devin came in handy for this. Uh, we were talking about this concept of um, somehow being able to record and understanding the the usage of the chair by a user to understand whether or not to give them the ability at some point to open that mm -hmm. up. Um, and, and we've hit on a couple of things. Um, we've hit on something like a speed boost. You push a button and you get 30 feet of extra speed. Get mm -hmm. out of the way. Uh, furthermore, software that learns. Figure out preferences. If, if, yep. If you prove to the, algorithm, if you will, I don't even know if I'm using the right word, um, that you're capable, then it should be able to potentially automatically either notify us or just open it up for you. Yeah, interesting. Um, and, you know, it used to be, oh, back in the day when I was younger, you could have your wheelchair tech come and reprogram your chair for, for various speed aspects. Um, and they had to bring a proprietary module to hook into the chair to do that. Um, but uh, we think that a USB port and a laptop. Let me, let, more than can I right. jump in, guys? I, I'm sorry I missed part of the conversation, but we're getting into this right to repair issue, right, Queter? What, what do you want to, you got any words for that? <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, like lobbing your softballs. <laughs> so bro. every I'm not even trying to test you. I'm just lobbing your softballs. Yeah. Knock this one out of the park. 
um, every wheelchair you get through an insurance company or government healthcare, which is underwritten by insurance companies, um, comes with a warranty. And often enough, that warranty is void oh if you touch it with a ah, screwdriver. God, I hate that stuff. Excuse my language, you know. Right. Right. And and now the systems that provide repair of course have they delays do. and of course, because they can mark it up. They can like charge exorbitant fees for simple stuff. Change a filter, like the right to repair. You can't even change a filter on a big diesel tractor, right? Like you have to go to the John Deere dealer. So, Quita, we're like, it's amazing. It's just the the government sells access to our freedom, and it drives me crazy. So here here's a part you're probably going to like. Um, the the concepts that we've been throwing around. Um, one, we've, we're going to have to get certain parts manufactured. We're going to need a network of probably small businesses. I know. God, you're going to support small businesses. Kill those. Kill those um, guys. Small businesses. We don't want none of that. To actually, to, to actually do this, right? And we were talking about government money, right? And how wasteful it is. Now, I, I have a question for you. If it's a technical college, would you want its government money being spent on building a cheesy little robot? Or... Um, modularly producing the correct wheelchair for an uh, individual. Uh, anything the government can do to make our lives better, I support. I just want to take the opposite side of you. Right. So, so this this isn't actually the uh, government doing. What we're doing is reaching out to organizations like RIT. Um, they one of their employees actually proposed that we make this a capstone project for them. Uh, that's where they're they're coming graduates actually do a project that assists us. Okay, and that's a big deal. Um, now, if we're to be robbed of our tax dollars, as we are, and those tax dollars are to be apportioned to universities, say, and we have the ability to make some connections and shake some hands and have those dollars pay for something that's also costing us money, right? The students learn and the wheelchairs built and provide right. and it's custom. It seems like one of those, like Michael Scott used to say, a win, 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 win. The only the only people who lose are still the taxpayers because it is wrong to steal money. If, However, they're investing um, steal money, <laughs> steal it for good if things. It's happen. <laughs> you know, this isn't war. <laughs> this isn't the broken windows fallacy. We're steal not dropping it for, bombs for on kids. Durable goods that benefit people for a lifetime. Um, on that note, uh, because it's not on the radio anymore, and this is just the online version, I will tell you that my personal plan is to drive through, drive one of these things through a wall that is on fire. Wait. I can't wait for that. that oh, he. So the interesting thing here is this is this is we're talking about. He'd do it. That the FDA regulated safety standards on these things in the current industry for profit, as it is, are terrible. It's horrible how dangerous these things are. Um, and so it is our prerogative to blow those safety standards out of the water with what we're doing. And it's actually not that hard to do. But to that fact, I keep telling my team, 
I'm going to drive this through a wall that's Perfect. on fire. And now they're very passionate about making sure I don't die. Right. So, you know, they better be designed well. <laughs> so you got you got to be successful. You got you got to go right through. Um, but even our even our uh, electronics are going to be watertight, impact resistant, um, and um, oh, what's that? EMF resistant, electromagnetic frequencies. Um, that is a thing. I've had that happen. Right, just some signal messes with your I controls think. and. There's the onboard computer. And the wheelchair takes ah, yeah. off. But, um, hey, guys, I got to get going. I have a, right. I have another date tonight. Right so. on. It's good talking to you. Yeah. You too. Thank you for having me. And uh, for everybody out there, number one cause right now is. All right. So I'm in, I'm in for 100 bucks on that. Oh. I hope some people um, throw some money at it. I think that would be great. Um, do not. Do not disconnect automatically. We've got like little recording issues. We'll go end the broadcast yeah. and then the program has to catch up to us. All right, brother. Yeah. Hold on, hold on for one second. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, folks, or afternoon, whatever, whatever time it is. <laughs> Bye. A free solution.